because I'm hitting record. Uh, yeah, welcome to another show where the three of us are talking about the weather. But this is important weather information. Uh, starting, yeah. starting, like, like I said to Freddie, are you going to stay up there this weekend? Because starting this weekend, we're getting a stretch of weather here in the GTA. Uh, Friday, Saturday, 22, Sunday, 25, Monday, 26, Tuesday, 27, all sunny. Just let that sink in. No, it's fantastic. And there's nothing better than warm, pleasant fall weather. Yeah. Because there's a clarity to the sky or the air or whatever you want to talk about, whatever, however you want to describe it, that uh, makes the color, the leaves changing color just look brilliant and especially up here it's fantastic well where i was yesterday i was in the branford area home of wayne gretzky and and they are i don't know what that pocket of is it, where, where that's that part of the escarpment but the, the colors have, have started changing and it's brilliant yeah they haven't they it usually takes longer to to change in toronto Yes, uh, but the colors the colors up here this week you can now it's like it's touching the tops of trees and sides and you can see a tree behind me right now it's got a bit of yellow yeah, yeah, something else. it's uh it's just the beginning of it and you're right howard with all this great weather coming up watching that fall really take take hold is is a, it's a lovely time of year people who like fall this is this is the peak part of it well dan i know i know lots of people fall is their favorite season don't you like i do like i'm amazed at how many people i know say fall is my favorite season oh yeah it's amazing i i often it's say amazing. that uh, from the end of august to the middle of october is actually my favorite time to golf because it's mm-hmm. it's fall and it's crisp it's clear but it's not it's humid. When there's leaves on leaves on the course and you lose your ball but those are the lesser courses i guess <laughs> no they do that in the big courses too um dan you've got a uh, hat on and i just realized i can see what it says it says acme is that acme pictures yeah yeah that was a place that i was working and i hired dan from time to time and uh yeah, he paid me a hat <laughs> <laughs> that's right we paid dan in hats um and two of the three guys that two of the three brothers that ran that company are are dead did you know that you knew that rick was did you know that uh tom passed on as well i don't you know no i didn't were they how young were they young and what took them i don't know like uh you know i don't really get into it but they were in their mid 50s but yeah i, I wasn't sure if you knew that uh, the other brother passed away but uh, yeah rick the ranmer brothers were guys i worked with for several years in between the, the radio jobs once i when i got fired after you got fired i went to work for this company for years actually as a uh, corporate video producer and director and i worked there on queen street queen and river for many years and we hired dan and paid him in hats <laughs> but uh, yeah yeah it was too bad really good guys really good guys and really just too bad that they they exited both of them yeah <laughs> you're you're good at you're good at sharing hats because you've you've uh you've got a whole sharing like yesterday it was revealed that <laughs> you decided you had to go up to fred's place and prepay for, for, for your uh, 
for <laughs> your uh, contest. That's right. A prepaid Fred and Hats. Lost. Why, why yeah. are you laughing, Fred? I, I don't understand. Because that gesture you made. Oh, yeah. So... The, the, the Facebook the fake the Facebook yeah, audience is allowed to know, yeah. but the but the podcast audience isn't allowed to know what took. The I brothers. forgot for a second. I thought I just remember that we're, we're streaming this on Facebook. Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, anyway, yeah. Dan, I have it wasn't just, it wasn't scandalous. It's no, no, sad. no, no. Just sad, fucking super sad. Uh, Dan, I was just telling Fred before you came on. I had a. An offer from the uh, management of my buddies, uh, Jeremy Hotz's manager, called me yesterday. I'm doing this show at the, um, where am I, tomorrow, the Danforth Music Hall. He called me up and he said, hey, uh, would you like to uh, do the show in Peterborough? Ah. And I was thinking, I was thinking about it. I just, you know, this, it's, not that it, it's not about the money. It's just that I don't want to drive to Peterborough. And do a show that starts at 8 o'clock and then drive home after because I wouldn't be able to stay over. I know I have lots of options. But uh, no, Fred, but, but your place on the 407 to Peterborough is just over an hour. Like, it's nothing. No, 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 it's not. It's an hour and a half. It's hour 45. Really? From, from downtown Peterborough? Oh, yeah. From my house in Brampton, it's like an hour 50. So, anyway, um, Dan, Fred asked a question though. Where, because I'm not doing it. Where uh, would, where in Peterborough would be a big enough theater for Jeremy to play? Either Showplace or Market Hall. Showplace has 600, and uh, Market Hall has uh, 400, roughly. No, he would and do the Peterborough the Theater one. Guild has. No, we don't have. We've got a production uh, starting on Friday. So, no, oh, that's right, Fred. The Peterborough Theater Guild, where Dan Durant holds uh, 235 seats. Dan's so. very busy with the Peterborough uh, Theater Guild. Yes, maybe it's uh, the Memorial Center. Maybe it's five thousand. Oh, right, no, he would be the Memorial Center. Yeah. Uh, no, he's. He, I think he maxes out at three thousand. Like he's done Massey Hall a bunch of times, so he would be doing the bigger one. Uh, he wouldn't go there at the 400-seater. He'd do the 600-seater. Well, actually, I'm, I, I'm. the Memorial Center isn't that much. The, I think the Memorial Center capacity is around 3,000. So That's where Seinfeld played when he, when he came Yes, here. Seinfeld. Is uh, Seinfeld coming back to Toronto? I, th- I, I see they're giving tickets away on Overdrive, the sports show I listen to in the afternoon. Uh, I don't I know. I just saw Jerry Seinfeld ticket giveaway. Interesting. And yeah, really interesting. Interesting. Doesn't get more interesting than that. <laughs> it doesn't. Oh my gosh. Uh, I was talking, so, and, and I, apparently, so there's a radio station promotion around this show tomorrow night. So I was being, you know, they gave me the run of the show. So I'm going to be introduced off stage. I'll come on to 10 or 12 minutes, and I'll introduce the next comedian. After that comic, I come back on, and instead of me, Introducing Jeremy, I introduce a radio guy who then gets to introduce, I don't know, uh, someone from uh, one of the Z stations. Oh. Why, is there more than one Z station? I don't know. I don't know. There's a, I was, he said a name of somebody that I'm unfamiliar with because, you know, we're out of the business. But uh, because, it, because there's a promotional tie-in with the radio station, uh, they, they're, I guess they're... They were committed to being the ones to introduce Jeremy, so the, good for them. Less for me to do. Right on. Um, and, you know, we've been talking about, uh, you know, Acme and uh, you working for a production house and uh, the board of the uh, 
Writers Guild or whatever approve the contract, so it's right back at it immediately. So they think, uh, you know, probably Monday by the latest, all the talk shows will be back. And what about the Screen Actors Guild? Because well, they're still um, on strike. No, that's still up in the air, apparently. Uh, Does that affect then, you uh, at all, Dan? Oh, yeah. Scripted shows, scripted shows will be back, you know, within how long it takes to write a script. So. Okay. How is that oh, yeah, affecting you, Dan? It's affected a lot of people in production because yeah. uh, any, any American production that has come up here. So the Writers Guild and the Screen Actors Guild, uh, they... They can't. They shut all those productions down in Canada until it, the, the, these strikes are resolved. So, the only productions that are really on the go are ones that don't don't uh, hold to those uh, contracts. So, and there are productions that can agree to whatever the final outcome is, yeah. or the terms that uh, that SAG uh, wants. Right can now. we just can we just acknowledge that you're sitting outside? Fred's sitting in a trailer. I'm here in my house, and all our mics sound better than 99% of all podcasts <laughs> I listen to. I was just listening, just listening to Dan sitting on a out. You're literally outdoors. I mean, is your mic a little loud? Maybe. Oh, I'll, I'll turn it down. But sure. Fred, do you know how to hear how good his mic sounds just outside? A, just sitting there on a yeah. picnic table. It's crazy. Well, he's also blessed with that voice. So, no, where does that come? Where does that emanate from? Um, all right, well, we've got lots more show to uh, to go if we actually start the program. Here's Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto, from our well-equipped lakeside facility in the Coorthas, and from the hobo trailer next door, across from a canoe hanging from a tree. And it's brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. And now here are two men who can articulate their thoughts on almost anything, but choose to ruminate on age, farts, and body parts. It's Humble and Fred. <laughs> age, farts, and body parts. Well done, Dan Duran. And we also like to talk about weather. And we like to talk about Trump. Yeah, did you see that? Oh, yeah, I've got... Uh, what, the whale thing, or just the fact that his, his businesses have been shut down? I thought we'd get yeah, to that later. found liable of defrauding, you know. Yeah, but... Banks, insurers. Yeah. At what point do the citizens just go, oh, okay, he's a professional career con man? Yeah, he's been conning us, too. Like, when does that switch go off? Yeah, I thought the same thing. I thought, what would it take for yeah. the people that support him... What what would it take for them to distance themselves from him? But maybe we could hold that over to later in the program so people don't go, oh, they're talking about Trump again and just get turned okay. off. But a little bit of a teaser for that future conversation, later conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, we've discussed recently, like, why? How, like, why are these people being sucked in? I mean, what is so missing in their lives that they're willing to go down that road and then we compare it to canada the latest polls out pierre poliev leading the conservatives under a pierre poliev poliev leading the liberals under justin trudeau by 12 points right now how do you explain that with all the publicity and all the things said about poliev and what he's about and why how people fear him 
He leads by 12 points. Well, the easy explanation is that even if it was... Okay, take Poliev out of the equation. <clears throat> and I know, Dan, this isn't farts or weather, but, you know, just bear with us. <laughs> okay. But take that character out of the equation and the conservatives at this juncture in the political landscape would probably be leading no matter who was leading them because it's 10 years of Trudeau. I mean, you know, figure it out. No, I get I get that, Howard. Like, you're right. You know, you in in, you know, in a, a normal situation. But again, just think of what has been said about him, what he's been accused of. So you would think that it might be softer, but it's not given the fear that's been struck into a lot of people through, you know, who no, I understand himself with and all that stuff. So, uh, again, it's, you know, what what's the mindset of people right now? Like, what what is making them think that that's an option? That's all. E- even as leaders, he, uh, Poliev leads Trudeau by about eight points as uh, who, who do you think would make the best leader? So, And again, I think there's yeah. some points built into there that have to do with just people are it's time for a change no matter who that change would be is interesting mm-hmm. uh, it's curious so okay. um because he's been associated with some far right and possible yeah. you know neo-nazi groups whatever but the house speaker resigned yesterday anthony rota I definitely there's I'm sorry. You know, we're, we people accuse us of leaning on American politics. I couldn't have told you who the speaker of the House of Commons was. Could you? No, but I know the speak. I know the speaker in the in the Congress, Kevin McCarthy. But anyway, this guy, Anthony, wrote a step down after the backlash for inviting a Canadian Ukrainian man who fought for a Nazi unit during World War Two to Parliament. Yeah. And again, he was forced. Uh, I, you know, we talked about this the other day. Cut the guy a bit of slack. It was a mistake, a silly mistake, a stupid mistake. And we got an email from somebody made the point. It makes us look silly on the world stage. And my response to that would be really the world stage that has the convicted rapist uh, up there on the stage or the uh, the um, the assassin, uh, Mr. Putin up on the stage or the, right. the butcher that's in China, that guy. So as far as the world stage goes, sending out the wrong invitation really doesn't embarrass me that much. Yeah, well, it was, it was our friend Paula Seidenkrantz. Mm-hmm. And she said, uh, I agree that it was a mistake and should not be blown out of proportion. That's the point that we were making the other day about how it was just a series of like wrong decisions. However, it is an embarrassment on the world stage, she says. And the level of incompetence is showing, well, again, versus, you know, I just, as you came on the Zoom meeting this morning, I was listening to Rachel Maddow's interview with uh, Cassidy Hutchison, this 26 year old. Did you hear? Did you hear it, Dan? Did you see some of that? I did. I did uh, listen to the podcast. Like I didn't know that she was that young. Yeah, she I was. That she was. I thought she was in her thirties. No, no, really she was twenty five when she testified in front of that committee. But just to, just to hear her describe life in the White House with this infantile maniac. Again, we're going to talk about this later. Um, is is very chilling. <clears throat> And Matt Gates coming on to you. Can you imagine how creepy that was? <laughs> Seriously, that creep with his weird eyebrows. That was your daughter. You'd want to talk about gun laws. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> By the way, back to your uh, your comment about the Canadian Speaker of the House. Yeah. It's a much different role. So they're actually not even really supposed to be noticed. It's more of a referee role. Than no, I know. Like in the States, it's like, you know, it's a gatekeeper to what legislation gets tabled and all that. But sure. that's not the case in Canada. But not that still, we shouldn't know who the speaker uh, is. You're right. We know nothing about our politics like, and spend so much time on American. Well, you're and, and forget Anthony Rota. I couldn't. You know, I can barely name, you know, half a dozen of them. And yet I'm intimately aware of Matt Gates, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Schumer, Schiff. I know a lot of those names because it and why is that? It's wrong. But why is that? Well, because, again, American politics is a lot sexier than Canadian politics. Can you can you name your MPP? Can you name your MP? Uh, Tim Hortons. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's a Tim Hortons. Uh, no, I can't. I know, even though one of their offices is around here. But again, you know, they're there if you need them. Mm. There's there's no controversy swirling around. There's no scandal that makes you sort of uh, sit up and take notice. But they are there. If you needed your MPP today, you'd find out and you'd call them and deal with what, whatever issue you might have. Okay. So really I, 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 I would think the vast majority of Canadians would have no idea who their sitting MPP or MP is. That's interesting. Do you know <laughs> yours, Dan? Yeah. Hold on, hold on, Dan. I, uh, yeah, I can't believe that you two don't know your. Well, you know yours, Fred, right? Yeah. Yeah. But how are you? But have I, no idea? Uh, no, I have other concerns, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I have other concerns and have literally never called my MP or MPP. My MP is Ruby Sahota, and she's a liberal, of course. And uh, I touched base with her one day and sort of explained who I was through the conversation. And she had some recollection of the Humble and Fred thing and gave me her number and said, feel free to text me or call me whenever you want. So I have delivered a few texts to her over the last few months, but she hasn't responded because they're critical of her boss. Okay. Uh, the MP for Rexdale and Etobicoke, uh, Yvonne Baker. Ivan Baker. Okay. There's my MP. Who's my MPP? Mine are both conservative. Uh, MPP for Etobicoke North is someone named Doug Ford. Oh, is it really? And the wow. MPP for Etobicoke Lakeshore, which is probably me, is Christina Hogarth. Yeah. Okay. It's really it's really piling up on Dougie, and so it should. Wow. Yeah. That. Um, I'm surprised Dan didn't bring it up in the uh, fake news or whatever we we call it, the celebrity news about uh, Doug Ford having to go uh, back on the, uh, what was it, the... The land swap. Land swap, yes. Yeah. Yes, Dan. That happened uh, after our last, well, yeah, I guess we could have done it Monday, but by that time, I'd forgotten about it. All the other world events that have happened since then. That's right. Things are moving fast. But you're right. That was uh, that was quite the backtrack. He could have done the backtracking if he was going to do it a lot earlier in the whole political process. Of course, that's it started costing him, so that's why he did it. But 
you'd think that he would have been visionary, have it in his brain quickly enough to go and, well, like he a didn't. long time ago. And for, yeah, no, he didn't. What, what bothers me about that is the stupidity, stupidity of it. Like, how do you go there and think that it's not going to lead to problems? Because when it comes to stuff like that, you have to be overly clean. You have to be squeaky clean. And to actually dabble in that and allow some of those things to happen, that's just stupidity. Mm-hmm. That just tells me you're too stupid to be the premier. Well, it's, he's, yeah, that stupidity's mm-hmm. been working for him so far. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to... Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, just for context for people who don't know, uh, Ford uh, and his government did a huge land swap from the green belt, which is a protected area. And when the swap uh, was done, a whole bunch of real estate developers that contributed to Doug Ford's campaign yes. managed to uh, make millions and millions on just that swap without even starting to build stuff on it. So. How did they make millions? How how did they make millions just on the idea that they're because they all of a sudden owned that land? Rezoning. Okay, but but it never. So now that it's been taken away, what happens? It's been unswapped. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they've been exposed. So, yeah. Uh, But, you know, to me, too, those are two separate issues because back when Dalton McGinty first introduced the idea of the Greenbelt, they said with the growth of Ontario and public transit being a key to this, it's unrealistic to designate all that land for green space because it's going to be needed one day. And so, again, two separate issues. It is needed now because they want people to be within public transit, not use their cars, and they're bringing 500,000 people into the province over the next couple of years. They need to build homes. So that has come to bear. It's like, ooh, you know what? We need some of that land, so we'll take some of that and push some more green space out a little further because, you know, they're not making new land. What? So... They're not making new land. No, I know. So from that issue, from that standpoint, I accept that. Like, you know, let's be realistic. You don't want people in their cars. You want them to be within public transit, within reach of public transit. You got to build homes. Sorry, but some of that land has to go, whether you like it or not. No, wait, hang on a second. Here comes Dan. Here comes Dan Duran with the (laughs) counterpoint. It's it's what they did within that that was shady yeah dan what's your and and dan right. uh i'm sure that you've called your mp and mpp uh many many times over the years what do you have to say in response to that well only the only thing is i mean i, I agree with the second part what fred says yeah that what was done within that was was you know astonishing because that was that looked like corruption the the actual swapping part which the the discussion could be had that uh, I've read reports that they really didn't need that land, mm. that there are other ways of achieving the same thing, um, with, which is higher density and, and all the things that Fred's talking about. But I also think that over the long term, if you keep consuming land that's great for farming for in, in, in deference to, to housing, then you're going to have less arable land that you can use to feed the people of the world okay it's the it's the 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 not in my backyard thing dan would you like to live in a high density area uh sometimes i have and enjoyed it yes wait yeah yeah yeah. but yeah when you were 20 
This is what I'm saying. So it's so easy to people that live in a nice environment like Dan does or I do. You know, you have your space and it's comfortable to dictate. Well, don't take that line. Just, you know, live on top of each other. Why do I feel like why do I feel like this is like a campfire discussion? And at some point, Dan (laughs) is going to get very (laughs) aggravated. Hey, listen, I'm the only one of the three of us that lives in any kind of a density area. You know, I right. see people there. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm where you guys, well, you, Fred, I mean, you live in some kind of a density area too, but it's not sure, as dense it, as this. It's getting there. Yeah. It's not as dense as, it, I mean, it, I'll, I'll tell you when I left your house the other day and I, I, I went, uh, I went to where I was going based on where you told, how you told me to go. I had no, well, I've told you this before. It's unbelievable how much development there is now west of you. Right. Like it went on forever dude howard it's why i want out it's just it's there's too much going on around me and i again i don't like the environment now just because of the you know there's traffic lights everywhere now and the roads aren't wide enough for the houses they're building and on and on and on so now you know i'm in that situation where i don't want to live in that environment so you know i'm i'm looking elsewhere uh but you know that's just the way it is Dan, I get your point that we have to, there's got to be a balance between having land to sustain the, to sustain uh, agriculture, to feed the people, uh, the influx of human beings that are coming here. But, uh, you know, there has to be some, listen, the whole thing could have been avoided if it wasn't such, if it wasn't so awkwardly handled. And now he looks like a shithead. Well, not only that, and you get right back to the very basis of it. Why? And and again, immigration this country needs it but why do you bring so many people in when you have a housing crisis like it's what do you think's gonna happen mm-hmm. do you do you feel truly that that's the only place where expansion of homes can go is in that green belt because there's all kinds well, they, of non-green belt property around that hasn't been developed yet i mean that's, well i, I imagine dan if it was that simple they would have just done that well, it, I, so I again, it gets back to what Howard often says. So Doug Ford would get up in the middle and said, you know, that land over there is good for houses, but I think I'm going to go and attack the green belt. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it doesn't No, developers delivered a paper uh, in, uh, in an envelope and been <laughs> envelope and, and, you know, had a whole proposal about all this. All these developers that own that land have been sitting you know, and speculating. This whole discussion is taking time away from valuable anti-Trump yeah, right. talk right. that could oh, be right. okay, go better ahead. served. No, listen, no. I listen. Right. We're not going to come to an agreement today, Dan. And, and you know, I mean, to air that out a bit, it's okay because that is a huge issue in the yeah, on the land, the very land in which we live. So, uh, speaking of that, Dan, I would like you to think about uh, beginning every show now with a land acknowledgement uh, where your picnic table is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Are we? Can, can we just? Ch- oh, here we go. I was thinking of you guys last night. Even though this is pulling muscles from the shell. I was at a a golf tournament yesterday where I got to tell you, I play a lot of these events. It was among the top two or three meals after 
the tournament that I've ever been ex- exposed to. It was unbelievable. Check this out. Three different stations. A giant meat station where you you know, line up and there's like Caesar salads and various salty meats. And then at the end, a beautiful roast beef with the juice and the mashed potatoes. Another one was where they had chefs there making uh, pasta to, you know, like to order like you whatever you wanted on it. But dudes, check this out. There was a there was a seafood station where they had somebody shucking oysters, live human beings shucking oysters, and for some reason there was a there was no one around it. <laughs> so I did what I always do as I I had a whole bunch of them. I just stood there eating them, and then I would put my plate away, and I'd come back with a fresh plate, pretending that I hadn't been there, and I do my little play where I go, "Oh, there's oysters here." I had a easily I had a dozen oysters and good like really nice oysters. Mmm, nice. Yeah. That's why again the whole meal was fantastic, but I just wanted to point out that when you are uh, confronted with an oyster station, I, I don't have any. Uh, I got the rules. There is the rules of engagement are gone. I, I'm not going to take one or two and they go sit down. How far away from the table did you stand when you're eating them? Like as they were being delivered to your plate, you were like consuming real time? No, I, I stood there and I got to know the oyster shucker. Her name was Faith. <laughs> I just stood next to the oyster shucker and just ate them. And then what I would do is I'd eat four or five. Then I would go put my plate away. Then I would come back and I would act surprised that there was an oyster stand. <laughs> you know, really for no other... other for no one, really. Because I couldn't believe there weren't more people around the oyster station, Dan, is my point. I got it, yeah. yeah. Uh, Danny, my son, has a friend that deals in that kind of thing. And I don't know, was it Easter? Maybe he brought like 50 over in, in, in the uh, styrofoam case. Thing. Yeah. Man, they were delicious. Very, very tasty oysters. I took uh, Juliet to a place here in Toronto on, at Quan Queen and around... Um, Trinity Bellwood's called uh, Oyster Boy. And uh, we had an oyster feast. I love them. I mean, the thing is, they're so expensive when you order them in a restaurant that when confronted with oysters at an oyster station, I I have no governor. Oh, absolutely. I'm like that in a restaurant as well. I look at the oysters if they have them. And then I make the declaration. I love oysters, but not that much. Yeah, like there's a certain price. Seriously, there is. Yeah, and we had. uh, I'm trying to think. We had 18. Her and I, and that's you know I know whatever they cost. And the and the thing at at this place, you can order them from. They have you. You can order a selection. You can go from BC to PEI to everywhere in between. You know, prairie oysters. (laughs) I can't imagine prairie oysters. (laughs) I can't imagine what they would cost in a restaurant downtown now. I took Johnny Slapshot had a hockey game the other night, and afterwards I took him to a St. Louis bar and grill. And I had one beer, and he had this sort of fruit drink. We we shared two pounds of wings, which was like $29, yeah. and a small side of poutine. And with a tip, it was like $62. It's like, what's going on in restaurants now, too, is something else, man. Like... So what's a, what's what would oysters cost you for a dozen oysters in a Toronto restaurant? It would have to be fifty bucks. 
Well, what you can do is they, you know, at this particular place, and the reason I mention them is because they're good people. It's a small, small restaurant. It really is. Mm-hmm. And I, it's not much bigger. Imagine a space twice the size of where I am in, in the uh, office here. Really tiny restaurant. So you can order them starting like a couple bucks all the way to four or five bucks an oyster. So imagine 18 on an average of $3 an oyster. What is that? Just what you said, 45, 55 bucks yeah. or something. Yeah. 51% of uh, restaurants in Canada operating at a loss or are struggling to break even, according to Restaurants Canada, a number that has increased by almost 40 points from the pre-pandemic rate. Yeah, I get it. I can imagine because, you know, it's not their fault. They have to buy the same food we do, you know, yep. on whatever level. And uh, they're getting reamed, too. The guy at St. Louis Bar and Grill, I felt like, you know, writing a letter to them and saying, it was great. I had a 10-year-old in there. I spent 60 bucks and left hungry. Thank you. Thank you very much. Because <laughs> I did. <laughs> Why? Did, I did. You, did you, what, a pound of wings and half a order of poutine wasn't enough for you? No. No, because the wings aren't, you know, they're not that big. And two pounds of wings, Howard, that's like 12, 13 wings. Like, it's not even that much now. It's ridiculous. Wait a second. No, no. You mean one pound of wings? No, one pound of wings you get between six and eight usually. Now. Right. So two pounds, you'd get 18 or so. 16. So yeah, I yeah. had, you know, and he's got a pretty good appetite. And I said the side of poutine was small. Like, right. It was just a little $2 thing. So... It was. Uh, well, I feel else. for you because I, I will tell you the meal I had last night. I had I sampled all three of those stations. It is the most food. I thought about that on the way home because it was a long day. It was thirty six holes. I was tired. I was cold, mm-hmm. and I ate more food last night. And I said that to myself this morning. I said, "I already better start get a hold of yourself because that was a. I ate way too much, way mm-hmm. too much." As far as the restaurants go, too. Really, at this stage of my life, I can absorb that. But I just think if Johnny Slapshot's dad wanted to take him out for the same thing, it's, you know, when you have mortgages and a couple of kids and like, I, I don't know how people do a lot no, of things they do now. And I just what I and again, not to get too deep, I just the numbers of the credit card numbers in this province and country are just going to be crazy over the next couple of years because people have no, no choice but to use that yeah i mean and i don't think it's any different in downtown toronto than it is in brampton or in in peterborough where you guys are because the cost of food is the same and those restaurant numbers come from across the country yep and you know i mean that's why you know we're we're very lucky to have access to someone like Anthony Petrucci at Palma Pasta, Palma, because mm-hmm. their because their prices are very reasonable. And with the great thing about Palma, I'm, I'm just a segueing into a sponsor thing, but it's true. The great thing about Palma Pasta is the amount of food you get when you use their takeout. It really is something else. Like when you get one of those family sized lasagnas or eggplant parmigiana, like you're not you can feed your you can feed your group. What I was surprised at at Palma Pasta was the produce. I mean, he it's limited, but he has some produce. Yes. And the price of his produce compared to like Sobeys beside me, his is cheaper. So it just lends itself. These big companies like Sobeys and uh, Loblaws and everything, they're, you know, they're not good citizens. 
they've really taken advantage of the COVID thing and, you know, the so-called inflation excuse. And a guy like Anthony, I'm looking at blueberries and stuff, and I'm thinking it's cheaper here than it is, like, at a grocery store. I got You're five. Especially, sure, it might be, especially would be more expensive. It might be more. Yeah. I got five avocados, or avocados, for seven-something. Five of them. And Palma Pasta. Uh, listen, uh, Lumby's standing by. we got to get going. Dan, are you going to uh, hang around for the news? Uh, when you, or will you come back, I mean? Yeah, I'll come back with the news. Hey, i got one more thing to add there. You know how bears go? Uh, in the fall, they start, uh, you know, eating a lot before their hibernation cycles. Yes. I wonder if there's some sort of Absolutely. thing in our bodies that as we get into fall that we want to, you know, hunker down and eat a lot more. That's right. Genetically. Like no, you're absolutely right. Uh, definitely people start to gain more weight fall and winter genetically, you know, in case there's a shortage. We got to fatten up. Well, I'm definitely, definitely <laughs> fattening the fuck up. Um, right. All right, uh, Dan Duran, uh, wonderful as always. Fantastic. Right. Uh, we'll get back to Dan's news. Also, the retirement Sherpa returns today. Last week we had uh, one of the other people on the team, Sherpa J. Today it's going to be the man himself, Timothy Niblett. And uh, our buddy Lumby is standing by, but first a little uh, note here, Fred, from uh, the fine folks at the Jazz, right. The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Go to uh, chamberplan.ca today and get a free quote. Find out what it would cost for your small business to have a benefits package for your employees. And again, beyond the usual stuff you expect from a benefits package like dental and... uh, and uh, prescriptions. Uh, they have uh, therapies and they have a mental health uh, uh, component to uh, their offerings now. They have an HR department that can be used, you know, if you're in a situation with an employee and you're not sure exactly what to do. Uh, they have certain apps you can use so you can get answers in real time. Oh, yeah, they have all that stuff, all available to you, a small business. So, again, it's doable. It's affordable. They do a great job on holding the line on uh, premiums year to year. Very important for small business, you know, with prices going through the roof on everything else. It's the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. Fred. Fred. Mm. Let me tell you something about boron. All plant life, this is very critical information. All plant life requires boron to grow. Boron is the key to the flowering pollen, seed and fruit development, and germination itself. It also plays a major part in the production of sugar and carbohydrates within leaves and roots. Did you know that? No, I didn't either, but now I do. Fertilizers also contain boron. It would not be possible to grow many crops, especially in areas where the natural occurrence of boron is low, without the addition of boron. Boron is a critical critically important industrial mineral and that's why we are happy to be supported by boron one boron one.com find out more about boron find out more about this company that has beat the odds you know when it comes to junior mining companies and you know it's like uh years and years of development before you get to the stage where there's the possibility of mines being built and minerals being taken out of the earth boron one is at that critical stage and now might be a good time to look at this company at least find out more about boron and more about boron one at boron one.com 
Mm, yeah, I don't know about you, but I weighed myself this morning. It's the most I have weighed since uh, I can't remember when. Uh, part of it is what Dan said, I think, you know, like, and I've been at a lot. This, this month of September, I've been at a lot of golf tournaments, and I have... Uh, you know, I've been in a lot of these banquets where, you know, at the end of a long day, you just eat. And, uh, you know, I know I, I like I'm definitely five or six pounds more than I want to be. And I'm going to try and uh, get rid of it before I go back to Mexico because, you know, I can't. Uh, it's not good for you. Did you know that extra weight isn't good for you? Yeah. How about I you? I weighed myself. Uh, yeah, I'm probably up four or five pounds, I would think. You know, a good monitor is your shorts and, uh, you know, I put jeans on for the first time since the spring the other day. And, yeah, right. they felt a bit different. Well, you know, a lot of craft beer and uh, barbecues, and, you know, wings and poutine. Ah, this is it. eh? Yeah. Well, but, you know, I love that scenario of you sitting there having wings and hanging out with your grandson. I mean, that's so sweet. Uh, I don't he know that. It. I'm sure because he, he's a, he's 11 or 12. His metabolism is. He probably lost the weight while he was eating it. What he loved was going in because they had all the big screens and the Jays game was on and there was a hockey game on over there and all the paraphernalia was hanging there and just sitting. We didn't talk a lot. He was just him looking around. Nice. He loved it. He loved that experience. Um, let's welcome back to our program. The uh, Well, I, I mean, he obviously a friend of the show, a friend of mine, friend of yours, friend of one and all. <laughs> Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, yeah. He really is. He's, you know, when people... He's a hail fellow well met, is what I like to say. Uh, I've known him... Uh, this is how long I've known him. When I first met him, this song was a current. <laughs> and, uh, and, and when we were younger men, we would try and hit this post. <laughs> but now it's just too much trouble. Here's Player. Boom, 97.3. Pretty close. Nice. nice. He's the host of Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic. And uh, one of the characters on our program that doesn't need an introduction. He could just start talking. You go, oh, that's Lumby. And uh, I saw it somewhere. I wish I could have. Uh, but someone said, oh, Lumby's on the show. I think it was on Twitter. I love it when Lumby's on the show, said somebody. There you go. Well, who, who can argue with that? <laughs> it's great. Isn't that the ring? somebody. Yeah, I don't have that information in front of me, okay? Wow. How's your... That's, that hey. is a salient detail, as they say. Okay, now I'm going to have to get it. But by the way, how's your weight? How's you, you've been uh, losing... Uh, you've yeah, lost I'm up weight. about two or three. Uh, same thing, you know, the, just you, the summer, and you're around that barbecue, and you're... And then around here, you have the... The frites, which are made in duck fat, and you have the baguettes, and it's just, it's so hard to just push all that aside. But no, I'm doing okay. I mean, I'm down, I'm down probably 12 pounds from my maximum when we first moved here with all the stress and everything. So yeah, I'm okay. I'm doing all right. Uh, a couple of questions. Are you a beer drinker? Yes. Okay. Yes. What's, and what's French beer good? The, the you, local you know, French? No. No, that's okay. uh, <laughs> not good. So uh, mm. you can put French beer in the same category as uh, fine French beef because uh, there is none. Um, well, you know, you know, I will. <laughs> the the only good French beef is is tartare, which I I only started eating here 
and it's freaking delicious. And I'm I'm surprised I never tackled it in Canada. But tartare, of course, is raw beef, and they mix it with you know uh, Worcester sauce and mustard and tiny little cubes, and they make a little hockey puck out of it. Yeah, you know I've what seen I'm saying? And, okay. I'm curious. So why why would the quality? And this is a legitimate question. There's no nothing behind this, but curiosity, which is why would the quality of the raw beef be okay, and yet the cooked boof not be okay i will tell you the answer to that because when you're eating raw beef it's probably better to have lean beef but lean beef does not cook well and that's what they have here they don't have you know you go to the supermarket or you know even sobeys or something and you get a nice you get a nice uh marbled ribeye and Mm -hmm. it just goes on the grill and it comes off and it just falls apart in your mouth they don't have that here all their beef is really lean so it makes for a good tartare but it's horribly horrible cooked just awful um just back to the beer for a second what would be their molson canadian like what would be their signature Uh, french beer and what's wrong with it c'est 64 the 1664 right and it's 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 just uh it's just boring like uh, it's boring Mm. like a canadian or like a coors light uh it's it's like a lager and it just doesn't have a lot of character so what they have here that's far more um popular than french beer are the belgian beers and Mm. the Mm. abbey beers are all over the place there's there's uh of course lef uh, would be the most common one you'd know in Canada, but then they have Affligem and Krembergen and a whole lot of other ones, and they're just they're they're not hoppy. And I think that's one of the reasons they probably don't fly as much in Canada because these hoppy beers in Canada and the United States, I can't even gag that crap back. It's it's ridiculous. It's just, and I know Dan likes the hoppy no, beers. No, of course but, I do too. Um, Sixteen sixty four. I've had that. They make a, a non alcoholic version of that. Right. In fact, I well, did I not yeah, have it no, with you? Maybe I had it with you. No, no, no. I got you a Grimbergen, which right. is the the Abbey beer. Okay. And there there are not a lot of hops in the Abbey beers, but they're just they're malty and they're uh, higher in alcohol. They're just delicious. But you know, it's teach their own. That's all. Yeah, yeah. The hoppy beers, like, like you can't drink, sit down and drink several. I just if it in a restaurant, have one and enjoy it for what it is. And but I don't mind them too much. Uh, the other question I was going to ask you. Um, it's fall here in Canada. The leaves are changing. Is that experience uh, the same where you are or is it different or what's the deal? You know, for me personally, it's better because when I was in Rockwood, I used to dread. We had just uh, probably 20, 20 maple trees on that. You you were there, Freddie. You know, 20 maple trees on that property. It would get like two feet thick and I had to rake all that or figure out hire kids or whatever just to and it was always a huge stress for me whereas here and then of course it's it's the you know it's the uh introduction to the crappiest time of year and here like yesterday was 29 today it's 27 i think with sunshine all week long and the leaves are primarily oak so they don't fall for like another couple of months so yeah you see but when they do fall do you not have to pick up any on your property it's 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 not close to that right you know I, I i blow them off put a pile set fire to them and call it a day you know it's like <laughs> it's not it's not as laborious as it was in 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 rockwood oh my god i don't but do they that. change color those oak leaves do they change not color? not like, not oh, not no. not to the beauty of canada canada's got probably the nicest fall yeah. colors in the world and we know. were talking about the weather at the beginning of the show because we're about to head into another stretch because we've had great weather in september late late august and september around here 
is my favorite you know time to golf but this next week or so we're getting it to 27 26 nice. no humidity but then yeah. the thing is you kind of know that at the end of this at some point mid-october you know it's going to start to get cold when does it start to get cold where you are in the south of france well mid-november but then i mean you have to define cold i mean the coldest it gets here is just below zero and it doesn't last very long so uh you know we get rainier weather through the winter and obviously the the short days kind of are we feel that more than ever because we're we're not on the right side of the mountain and so we lose the sun Mm. in december we lose the sun at about noon Really? Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, it's uh, you know, small price to pay because there's no shoveling involved. Right. Mm. Well, and and uh, I mentioned at the beginning you're the uh, co-host of Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic, uh, which uh, you know I I don't want to you know be a bummer here, but this this pandemic uh, there's a bit of a rebound. I know there's a lot of people. I've talked to more people recently that have gotten COVID than I have in a couple of years or at least a year. Mm. Uh, somebody I was you know, golfing with yesterday said he got it for the second time actually in Europe, which made me think of you. Is it starting to increase in your area or no? We've, we've heard about it, but no protocols have changed. I was in the hospital yesterday for some tests and uh, uh, mask. Uh, there's no obligation to wear masks in the hospitals yet or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I... It's being talked about, yeah. but nobody's changed. I'm getting, I'm getting on a, I'm getting on a plane in a month from now, and I started thinking about this after this conversation yesterday that I might, I don't know, I hate wearing a mask on a plane, but I might uh, think about it in the airport because it apparently my buddy's saying that he's again been to Europe twice and gotten COVID twice, partly because yes. of being on the airplane. I think, yeah. Could be. Well, um, I, I've heard what you're talking about. And I mean, who knows? It could it could go south, in which case here we go again. But yeah. uh, not so far. I'm just not looking forward to having that mask breath. You know, those blue masks, I, the breath inside the blue mask was like. Well, I, that's, you know, you, that, I think that's personal. <laughs> no, I don't. I, yeah. I, I, the, when the first time I noticed, it, I thought, is this what I'm putting out? Is this what's coming off my fucking yeah. mouth? We've been meaning to. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Listen, that. there's an intervention. I wish you would have told yeah. me. Yeah. Hey, you know, you guys, I was listening and you're talking about Greenbelt and, and, and Ford and all that. And then, and then you're talking about Trump and. Is, is no one talking about our Nazi-loving prime minister? What is going on there? I oh, mean, yeah, we've I'm talked just, about him. He loves Nazis. Yeah, he gets did up every you talk, day. Did, oh, yeah. Are you not talking about that? Yeah, we like, talked yeah, about yeah. it we've, we've, extensively. I, I got to say, like, that's making more news over here. That and and the stance on India from our uh, from Sox, the prime minister, Mr. Sox. Uh, you know, I, I, I that's getting more uh, traction than... The, until today, that book came out. Uh, that who is that person who wrote the book? Cassidy for, Hutchinson. Uh, Cassidy Hutchinson wrote yeah. that book for Trump uh, about Trump. Yeah. So that's getting some traction here. And it's just I, I always wonder uh, what uh, what causes North America to make the news because I, obviously we get mainly European news here, right? So it's it's just kind of interesting to see what. Oh, okay, well, we'll include a story about Canada, and oh yeah, mm-hmm. let's do some of it. But it's right. really, it's really like second, third, fourth stories in down in in Europe because we have so much of yeah. There's obviously so much local stuff to get to, but that's 
<laughs> uh, Canada's made the news uh, over the last couple of weeks. And, well, we talked really, about it. We talked about the Speaker yeah. of the House had to resign over it. Yeah. Um, and then we started talking about who the, who was the Speaker of the House. And I said, I couldn't have named him until he was until he resigned. It's Anthony Rhoda. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we talked about it last. I think a couple of days ago when we were doing the show, I said, you know, no one got up and went, I know what would be a great idea. Let's invite a Nazi here. But, you know, and, and here's the thing, the easiest, like, apparently it was like a, a simple Internet search to find this out. Like not you didn't have to go into the government records to, to find out about this guy, Yaroslav Unka or whatever his name is. Yes, it was a pretty simple <laughs> Internet search that would have uncovered that. And like, you got to wonder at what level are they doing these these checks when something as serious as that is about to happen? Yeah, it's uh, it was a mistake, no doubt about it, a ridiculous mistake, inexcusable mistake. But again, I'm not that revved up, and I, you know I don't like Trudeau and I don't like that government, but I'm not too revved up because it was a mistake. It wasn't strategic evilness like you get from Trump and Putin and you know what I mean? This was yep. just a goofy, embarrassing mistake that should never have happened, yeah. you know? And that was kind of my point, too, Jeff. I said to Fred, I said, you know, yes, you could have searched it, but nowhere along the chain of, uh, you know, think about the meetings we're having. um, We're having uh, the uh, what's his face coming to speak. Zelensky? Zelensky's Zelensky. So Zelensky's coming to speak. Uh, I know what would be interesting. Why don't we get uh, some uh, Canadian, Ukrainian that had fought in World War II? And that, you know, that they, they weren't thinking, I wonder what would be good. Zelensky's right, coming. I know what would be good. Let's get a Nazi down here. Like, no well, one no, thought I, I get that. that but, but it was serious enough for the speaker to resign. And, and I, yes. I, I totally agree with what you're saying, Fred, uh, mm-hmm. uh, that this is, not a, this is not a systemic problem like Trump is or Putin. Mm-hmm. I get that. Uh, but it's just, jeez, come on. You know, yeah, I mean, you're right. Yeah, Inexcusable. But, but, it, but yeah. then you but, have to do your due diligence in those situations. Yeah, and they my, my point is, OK, come on. But beyond beyond it being embarrassing, it, it was without malice, which was also my point. There was no there was no intent behind it other than the fact that, yeah, it's a drag and I'm sure they're mortified by it. And uh, but as you know, I mean, we're all we're all so sensitive about it. But, you know, I felt no harm was done by a 98 year old, you know, ex Nazi who, you know, if you know the history of that section of the Ukraine was, you know, basically conscripted into fighting for the Nazis. Or, you know, it wasn't like he was like, he wasn't a Nazi volunteer. Yeah, although, although, Howard, I will say, uh, you know, you you reacted far worse to Dave Chappelle's comments. And I mean, I know uh, those are uh, not really comparative, but they were bordering on anti-Semitic. Well, they weren't bordering on it. They went, they crossed the border. They went right into anti-Semitic, <laughs> you know, but that was done on purpose. This was, and, and I, I know what you're saying. They, but these aren't, these aren't comp- comparables. This is the government of Canada. And you talking about making the news by being embarrassed. Yeah, it was an embarrassment. I just don't think Dave Chappelle intended those remarks. This particular thing that happened in parliament was without intent. It was, by the way, and Jeff, you're right. Sloppy background check, you know, probably could have been avoided. Maybe that's not the right message, but they were doing it. Not maybe not with the best of intentions, but with no ill intent. 
Well, yeah. this is right. If if that morning somebody had walked into Rhoda's office and say, hey, this guy you're bringing in, did you know he was connected to the Nazis? Immediately he would have said, well, of course, well, he can't come then. No, this isn't going to happen. Let's uninvite this guy. <laughs> right. That, well, it's not, you know, it's not, that's it's not, what would have happened. Yeah, it's but, not like the conversation was Nazis. I love Nazis. Let's bring them in. <laughs> but no, but again, when you're when you're at that level of government and you've got a you know a world leader. Well, Zelensky's not a world leader, but you know what I mean. It's a it was a big deal. Yeah, a little bit of research, maybe you think. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I've got a I've got an interesting little story I want to get to you guys, and it just illustrates kind of one of the differences between Europe and and I would I would throw North America into this so i'm there's this a very strange thing that happens when you're driving here from time to time you're driving on a straight road and i think i was when you were here howard i mentioned this to you and all of a sudden the people on the right who are are intersecting that road no yield signs nothing they have the right away and they can just come and clip you and it's your fault and it, it honestly it happens so often. You got to be on your toes, and of course, the sign might be a you know a, a kilometer uh, mm-hmm. back, and it's in French. And if you miss it, then you don't know that these cars that are going to be injured. Anyway, this happened yesterday. Julie and I were coming back from the hospital. I didn't see a thing. Apparently, I just about got clipped. But the guy pulls up and rolls down his window, and I swear to God, this was the tone. I, it was in French, but this was the tone of the conversation. Uh, bonjour, monsieur. And I could hardly hear him. He was so quiet. He just said, I just wanted to let you know that you uh, missed the uh, right. Uh, you, you, you missed letting me in at the right back there. And I almost hit you. I just wanted you to know. And it was just so civil. And this is the second time this has happened to me. And if that were Canada or the United States, you and I'd be I'd be the guy doing it. You know, yeah, like it was it was just such. Uh, Explain that again, though, Jeff. So you're when you're on a right. of So so the person you're saying that the person entering traffic has the right of way in certain places. And typically there's a sign. Sometimes there isn't. You just have to know it. It's just ridiculous because you're going on a straight road. There's no yield sign or anything that comes up. And somebody who's merging onto that lane has the right of way all of a sudden. And he. You know, if he wasn't looking, he would have assumed he has the right of way because he knows the law and he would have just piled right into me. But anyway, it was just that what I was more no, alluding yeah. to was just was just the civility in which he. Mm-hmm. And he so didn't so what did you what did you say? I told him to go. No, um, <laughs> right. he said, fuck you, buddy. Yeah, no, I, I did. First of all, didn't understand what he was saying. I'm glad Julie was there. I'm still not up to the speed of the way they speak here. And it was just, you know, desolé and, and on we go. But he it was just like I've never, ever made that kind of mistake in Canada and been treated as nicely yeah. mm-hmm. while I was driving. It was just very civil. They don't like. Like they don't like that. They they find that even aggressive when you use your horn other than a couple of beep beeps. And, mm-hmm. you know, the drivers here are pretty good, by the way. And uh, I just thought it was really kind of them to have that kind of an attitude. It was just I, I wasn't expecting it, you know. Yeah, sometimes when you have less rules, the drive it makes you a better driver, I would think. Because <laughs> the same thing when I've been driving through Italy, it's like chaotic, but. There doesn't seem I don't see a lot of accidents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, you just got to be on. You got to be on guard every second. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But what, yeah. I like what you're pointing out to the, the difference in the civility factor. 
you know, because as one that has on occasion, I know that you'll find this hard to believe on occasion, you know, given other drivers, uh, you know, some the finger and some, you know, some incidents of rage. OK, again, you might find that hard to believe. No, it's yeah. really a mystery, <laughs> it, uh, you know, but it's it's nice that it would it would be nice if we all acted that way. We all assume you know we'd assume that hey maybe maybe there was an issue like sometimes now when i see somebody going really fast by me i have this new thing now i think oh maybe they have to use the washroom (laughs) maybe they're in a hurry to go to the bathroom and and this actually in in an indirect sort of way circles back to the the Zelensky thing i mean he recognized that i was not intending to uh uh to ignore his right what um, you did was embarrassing but yeah, it, wasn't. it was embarrassing and it was and I, I guess I should have known. Uh, but uh, yeah, anyway, it was another dimension to that, too, is I've used in a situation where somebody does something go, boy, I've done that before. <laughs> you know, I can yeah. see how that could happen because I've done that before. And sometimes yeah. that alleviates your you know temperature and your blood pressure and all that. Well, and then when you see some of these road rage videos on YouTube, it's oh, yeah. like, well, how does it how does it get to that? Hey, <laughs> Jeff, here here last week on the four hundred one. Yeah, I saw guys that. Guys got out of their car. We're fighting and wrestling on the four hundred one. Yeah, <laughs> over something that happened. You know, obviously there was a you know, it was gridlock, so they weren't getting run over, but something happened, and they got out of their cars and they were wrestling on the on the. And these were guys. The, these weren't kids. The ice. It's funny we didn't bring up. Yeah. That we didn't talk about that because I saw that video too. These were grownish men who stopped their day to have a, a, a fucking hockey fight on a four hundred one, and they like that was their day now. And, and and as soon as you, I mean, I'm sure they made the decision at some point. They were so aggravated with each other that we're going to fight. Well, that's the rest of your day. Yeah, and, and oh yeah, I was I was fast forward to uh, the discussion around the dinner table. What happened to your nose, honey? Never mind. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Never mind. Ooh, it's like because it's because afterwards it's so bloody embarrassing to to sort of recall that memory and and don't you find? I mean, wouldn't you think if you oh, got into a fight yeah. on Having the floor? Having to explain that, one, I know. Like, and I don't know where you get these balls because nowadays I, I'm sorry too, especially yeah. up around where I live. You don't know if you get in a confrontation with somebody what they what they've got under their seat or yeah, a lot or if of they're people. An, yeah, or if they're an MMA fighter, like <laughs> no, exactly. exactly. And I think about some of the things that I've done. <laughs> True story, hard to believe. I know, but I once got uh, cut oh, off. Geez. I once got cut off somewhere near the dome in downtown Toronto, and I chased somebody. I chased him. I, I I used to say I chased him all the way to Hamilton. I didn't. I chased him longer than a grown man should, just so I could give him the finger. By the time I got him, you know, somewhere around Trafalgar in Oakville, I'm sure he had no idea why this, you know, curly haired fellow was going. Look, you man! Like seriously, <laughs> honey, why are you late for dinner? Well, I had to chase a guy to Oakville. Yeah. Why is that? Classic. Why? Classic. Because he, he cut me off. Oh, okay. Well, well. You, you've you've had your share of uh, run-ins. That, there's a good word, run-ins. You've had your share. Long time you know, like ago. even at the Steely Dan concert, that was a, that's right. what I would call. That's, it. Listen, we haven't got time to go over all that's my a run-in. run-ins. Hey, have you been on the show since you were here visiting me? Oh, are you changing the subject? Yes, because okay. um, we've no, t- we've told this we've told the Steely Dan story. And I, oh, that's it was, great, though. No, it is. I was only. Hey, sta- I was. Only what do they say? Even in talk radio, you play the. 
hits, okay? <laughs> Great. <laughs> listen, That's listen, right, no one Freddie. needs to hear the story. I well, got there, you know what? And, and actually, Freddie, even from a consultant point of view, you oh, have great. new listeners from <laughs> since the last time, you know, that, that we discussed this story. We and have I think, no I think new listeners. Paramount. And by the way, since it's been introduced, one of the worst things you can do in radio is to leave the listeners hanging. So I think mm-hmm. we should just quickly revisit that story because. <sighs> well, it, I don't listen. You go ahead. I don't I don't have any recollection. What what happened? I got mad at somebody who was. What happened? He, he got he got he got oh, he, he got he got angry with us because we were coming in during the opening act. That's all. I was trying to stand up for you. Uh, oh. <laughs> he, he was down in front. Yeah, he got, in, he, and he got and angry at us. He he kept looking around. No, <laughs> you leaned down and said. If you look around one more no, time, I'm going to send you into space or no, something. No, no, see, see, no <laughs> what that's not what is? happened. That's not fucking what happened. We were all coming into our seats, not during Steely Dan, but during the opening act. Uh-huh. And uh, he made he, he made a big production as one person walked by, another person walked by. And then I walked by and he said something about, you know, you should get here on time. And right. uh, then I, I leaned down and told him I would fucking end his life if he gave me any more. Yeah, guff. end his life. Sorry. Like that's that. right. Yeah. But well, that was the young, I was drunk. I was a drinker. And that's so well, he now. deserved to die for that. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I actually said I just. He, I made some remark about ending the discussion, but that's ending all. Ending his life. No, yeah. I don't think yeah. I said that. Uh, anyway, have you been uh, on the show since you were here? No. Uh, no, I haven't. Because what I really want to, we have to wrap up because we've got the retirement Sherpa coming in, but uh, Jeff and I spent a day together on his way back to France, and uh, this is just for all you people that are in your 60s. We sat down for dinner. I think I tried to describe this to Fred. And... Uh, <laughs> Because we'd been talking all day about things that had been bugging us, like, you know, back was sore and my knee. And, and, and you sort of made a declaration, said, here's what we're doing at dinner. And I just thought this is a great idea. <laughs> so, but we had been talking during the day about all the things that had been bugging us, you know, foot this and elbow that. And so we sat down at dinner, Fred, and I said, okay, here's, our, here's what we'll do. You start, we'll start at the head <laughs> and, go, and work, and work, our work way down, down the body. our body, down the body. And go back and forth as to everything that's wrong with us, and and you and can excellent. only do and you can only do one topic at a time. Yeah, one at okay. a time. And, and so, at about the seven minute mark, we hadn't even gotten finished the head, and I fucking we were still on the we were still, neck and above, <laughs> neck and above. And I got to tell you, I have rarely laughed that hard because I said to him at one point, "God, we're." I looked at my watch. I go, "We're ten minutes we're ten into minutes. this, we're and ten. we haven't got off the head yet." <laughs> There's so much wrong with us. Yeah, like you, you ears, eyes, ears, eyes, fucking some you know, scabby shit on my head. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. It was one of the. Fu- it was a very funny moment, and you know what? A fun, uh, a, a fun way to kill uh, like a couple hours at dinner. Yeah, you know, and no one got really. yelled at, and there was no, no. Uh, incidents. No, no. So it was a two-hour dinner. Did you finish going through the list or what? Barely. Yeah, we, we finally, yeah. Uh, oh, but okay. it did. It, 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 I found the feet took a long time, two hours. Oh, yeah. Remember, we, when we finally got down to the feet, we we both had issues there as well. Okay, so. Lots of yeah. issues. Uh-huh. Really? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I got stuff. I got, I got some, I've got some arthritic. Uh, I got two of my big toe knuckles. Both of them have arthritis. Yeah, just in like them. It's my thumbs. It's like thumbs, thumbs too. <laughs> Dude, I, have, uh, I did. I had the neuropathy in my toes. Oh yeah. It's quite yeah, yeah. something. And then, and then we got into, then, then Freddie, sorry that we got into some possible uh, solutions and that's when the Hoka shoes came up. <laughs> that's and, right. Oh you yeah. Know, 
Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway. It was... Uh, here's the uh, Twitter uh, response I was looking for. It's just from, if you need Buffalo for context, the post yeah. was, uh, we're back tomorrow with our good friend Jeff Lumby. And the response, can't wait. Love when Lumby is on from our friend in Buffalo, Buffalo Boy. So there you go. Oh, thanks, Buffalo Boy. Very kind. Jeff and Julie moved to France in a global pandemic every Friday. New episodes and always uh, a welcome guest on our program. Thanks, pal. All right, guys. Good to see you. See you, Jeff. Good to All see right. you. See you, Freddie. All right. Cheers. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what I said to the guys at the Stevie Dan concert. That's why, you know, keep bringing up. You know. My, and again, we've told this story, but I know. You and I walking across along Queen Street one night, and this guy walks by us and said something like, humble and bread, couple of goofs, or whatever he said to oh, us, yeah. and I thought, oh, what an asshole, and then all of a sudden, you're not beside me. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> he's not beside me, and I turn around, and he's asking the fellow, what do you say? What'd you say? <laughs> oh, yeah. I had no problem with confrontation when I was younger. Oh, no. That's why I'm thinking, oh, <laughs> that's why. I'm thinking, Howard, who cares what he thinks? Oh, fuck, I did. <laughs> Oh, you did. Oh, yes. I did. Excuse me? And then I walked I said, up and said, come on. Come on, Howie. Don't fight this guy in the crosswalk <laughs> on Queen. That's why when I see videos of those guys in the 401, I'm like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> All right, Loopy. See you later, man. Bye, boys. Uh, we're going to wait a second here or two for the uh, retirement Sherpa. And while we do... I want to remind everyone, we've got a contest going on for another week and a half or so. And the response has been really, really great. Uh, your chance to have a uh, free weekend EV rental from rentelectric.ca. You can be, it doesn't have to be a Tesla, it could be a Chev, a Nissan, you know, they got the Konas, they got the uh, Leafs. And if you want to rent one, all those are available. And right now, you can rent electric and get $40 off if you use the voucher Humble EV. Call them at 1-800-387-9391. Ever since Daryl was on last week, I've seen lots of response from people who found his uh, appearance very informative. Uh, you can find out more. There's more stuff like that at Electric Vehicle Network. It has all the electric vehicles available for you to rent. So here's what you do. You send us an email, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com with just the subject line, Rent Electric. And next week at the end of our show, we will uh, draw a name and that person will get to tab a, uh, an electric vehicle for the weekend. And if you wouldn't mind, I mean, it's not part of the contest, but it would be great to talk to you about your experience when it's over. 1-800-387-9391 is the number. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, this, I'm, I'm not interested in getting into a kerfuffle anymore with people. I'm too old. I don't have it in my heart. It's, it's not in my heart anymore, Fred. It's not in my heart. No, 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 I get it. And uh, to me, I, I said it earlier, I'm just frightened. I'm afraid. Yeah, me too. Even if you had a, convers- a confrontation with somebody th- you thought you could take, <laughs> who, like what, you know, seriously, what's in the, what's in their pants? What's in their pocket? What's under the seat of their car? Like people are shooting each other now. Over oh, yeah. And, and here's the thing. I mean, I, I know you've got a uh, son who's 35 and, you know, a grandson who's 12, but, you know, I don't know how much time you spend with the modern 
you know, young uh, human being, male or female. But I'll tell you, I because of golf, I'm around a lot of young dudes. Like yesterday, me and my partner, it was a, it was a partner game. He's 61, I'm 63. And the two kids, we because this was a, wasn't a senior event. It was just a regular event. Mm-hmm. I'm around two kids. Both were 28. Mm-hmm. Both, forget how far they hit the ball because it's insane. But they're just the modern 28-year-old human being they're so big. <laughs> like these kids were, one of them was like about six feet and he was the smaller of the two. The other guy was six, four, had to weigh two thirty, just a giant man. And at one point we were kidding around with him and I said, you gotta be careful with my buddy, Brian. I said, cause we can't take either of these guys, not even at one at a time together. Like they're just fucking big and strong. Yeah. It's something to see. You know, this is weird. I read this last week, you know, when we went to high school, Guys would have a beef, and then after school, everybody would talk about, hey, there's a fight after school, and guys would have a fist fight. Right. I mean, it even happened in public school when I was a kid. Reading this thing, there's very few of those confrontations in high schools. Now, there's confrontation, but as far as physical combat, because kids don't, they don't actually, like, get physical because they are afraid of what weapon the kid they're fighting might have. Yeah, it makes sense. You know what I mean? It's almost like... Um, you know, they say in the United States, you know, owning a gun is a deterrent because nobody quite knows who's got a gun. So you don't do things you might normally do because you're not quite sure if somebody has a gun. And that's actually playing out in some of the high schools in uh, in Toronto. It's like kids don't they don't engage because they're afraid of what weapon. I mean, it's awful, but it's actually a deterrent. But to, so to your point, it's something that never would have occurred no. to me. And I was I grew up in a f- no. sort of a small rural town where people probably had parents had shotguns and mm-hmm. rifles. It never mm-hmm. occurred. I, I heard no. I heard of one fight wasn't even at our school in the entire time I went to high school, which I know it wasn't forever. But uh, where somebody had a there was apparently someone had a knife like one mm-hmm. fight. Yeah. Anyway, let's well. move on because uh, it's time to welcome back to our program the the OG Sherpa. That's what I'm going to call him. Tim Niblet Raymond James He is a portfolio manager, and it's good to have him back on the mic. Back on, dropping, dropping truth on the mic. Hello, Nibbles. Good morning, there, gentlemen. I'm happy. Um, I can't remember who Lou Gehrig replaced before he thought it, he started his long-term baseball string. Maybe uh, Freddie will, but uh, I was afraid Jay might uh, do a Lou Gehrig on me there last week, doing such oh. a great job. No, he did. I, I, yeah, he did. He did. Yes, he did do a nice job. And I, having had a chance to hang out with Jay, he's very articulate and knowledgeable, and just a great kid. And yeah, that's what I call forty-year-olds kid. That's how that's how old I am. Uh, no, it was great, but no, that's why I say this is the OG. This is the original. Uh, mm-hmm. Where are you in uh, town or are you uh, on the road? Uh, back in the homeland, been back since Sunday, uh, northern homeland, and uh, uh, we're actually the OGs on our court because unfortunately long-term neighbors of ours just moved out last week, replaced by really nice ones. But uh, yes, on Chapman Court in Burlington, we are also the OGs. Oh, very good. And how was your trip to Florida and your experience? Well, it it was awesome. I, I guess I didn't send you guys a clip of being down on the field uh, at the end of the third quarter, but Florida won a huge game. Uh, 
On the Saturday, we went to an amazing resort called Stream Song. If you haven't gone, I'd suggest to you to the listeners, a beautiful golf resort in the uh, middle of the state, basically Lakeland area. And uh, yeah, it was all good. And Lorna even claimed to have missed me when I came home, so it couldn't have been better. Oh, it's nice when they miss you. I was thinking about uh, you and your gator experience, because for just to recap, Tim got a chance to go down on the field during one of the iconic Gator uh, cheer songs or fan songs. I was watching uh, an episode of Welcome to Wrexham. You know, we've talked about what the the spirit of that team means to the, means to the town of Wrexham and the people. It's similar, I thought, to what the Gators mean to you and the fans of that franchise. Right. I mean, of course, a lot of the universities are, are like that down there, colleges and so on, smaller towns. Uh, our daughter Sarah went to State College, uh, Pennsylvania, where Penn State is, and and like Gainesville, is just a small town that the university really dominates, and uh, yeah, it, it's pretty hard. It permeates every every square inch mm-hmm. of that town there, right? But if you're into it, it's uh, it's an amazing experience. Well, buddy Darren has uh, organized trips, you know, to the big house in Michigan a couple of times, and again, you you really have to be in it to appreciate. Again, it's a culture. It's a, it's it's just different, and uh, it's fun. It can be chaotic, but it's a lot of fun. That's for sure. Tim, it's a slice of life, right? And much as we love our sports and our hockey, and 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 and, and shout out to Canada's men's basketball a couple weeks ago for qualifying for the Olympics. There, uh, we love sports, but nothing's like into the fabric like uh, college football is down there yeah i was going to ask I you I, I'm, and have we maybe we've talked about this in the years that you've been you know the retirement sherpa on our program what what what's a kid from canada how did you get sort of drawn <laughs> into this uh i guess the shortest answer just love sports uh the gators back in the day were were then a pre- preeminent team as well so that was just one we saw a lot and as a spoiled kid, as my three older siblings would tell uh, tell you, uh, I went down to Florida a lot with my parents because mm-hmm. I was the youngest and the only one at home. And so it was just the one I had the most connection uh, to. Yeah, you're uh, you're just kind of breaking up there a little bit at the end. I wasn't sure if that was the, oh, the Zoom sorry, connection. Yeah. No, it's, it's not you. Everything. No, no, it was just the Zoom kind of froze. So it was a matter of just as a as a kid, that was where that was the connection you made, and and it stuck. Um, and you're right about. It. But I was thinking about how yeah, different. I did cheer for Florida. Hmm. Yeah, Timmy's uh, frozen solid now. Yeah, my my internet's been uh, spotty last couple days. Anyhow, yeah, I was a big Florida State fan as well. Uh, same reasons, and then I hit a fork in the road and and uh, became all Gators all the time. And then, ironically, of course, our daughter's a professor now at Florida State uh, University, as you know. So, um, well, let's before we, before the internet craps out completely, let's talk about what were uh, some of the financial stuff. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about IPPs, and of course. The question begs, what is an IPP? It's an individual pension plan. Uh, Some people call it a PPP2, a personal pension plan. Uh, If you've got a corporate incorporated, uh, it's uh, something that I would call, I I guess, guys, like a super R. 
RRSP. It can give you, depending on your age and income, uh, a lot more RRSP room. So if you've ever, you know, if you're, if you own a corporation, you've ever wished you had more RRSP room, this could be something for you. And what would be the, what would be the criteria that you would say this is for you as opposed to someone else? Yeah, the, the the kind of line of demarcation is around age 40. Uh, up until 40, you'll get all the room you need from an RSP, and IPP won't help you. Uh, after that, and, and the older you get, the more extra room it will create. Oh. And, of course, the more uh, more money you make as well, uh, the, the better it would be because RSPs have a, a percentage up to a maximum and and so if you're hitting that maximum, that could be a signal that it's it's worth it. If you're, I'll say, 150, certainly 200 thousand dollars plus a year, it will probably create more RSP room for you, or or you know deductible room for you than a RSP would. So that's what it is, and who should consider one? And those are the benefits. And uh, you know, I'll just admit it. Until I saw your note, I've never heard of one. Yeah, I was just going to say that, Howard. Again, another reason why you need a guy or you need a professional. I mean, things exist that you have no idea exist. Because, like, why would you unless you're a pro? Exactly. Well, this is why why you're the retirement Sherpa, and we're just a couple of nincompoops that do a broadcast. (laughs) Well, we have to keep a few of these things, uh, you know, to ourselves so that we're still needed, right? So uh, we don't want (laughs) to tell everything all right off the bat. Um, By the way, uh, a bunch of people have weighed in, and uh, Wally Pip, Lou Gehrig, replaced Wally Pip. Wally wanted a day off. And according to Rudra, never played for the Yankees again. I knew we could count on Rudra for that one uh, there. Well, I got to give credit to uh, our friend Steve Lavery and a few other people uh, weighed in with the Wally Pip reference. Uh, But yes, it's good to have you back, my friend. Um, And, uh, you know, because you had quite a streak going there. You put up, you put up, listen, you've put up (laughs) Hall of Fame numbers by any stretch of the imagination. Well, I was no Brooks Robinson, but uh, but still pretty good. He just passed away yesterday. That's right. Had a big, long, uh, great career there, too. Yeah, no, I, I, I missed you guys, but uh, as you know, I'm trying to make myself as uh, unnecessary as possible around the, the <laughs> office there, and it's uh, one more step down the, down the road. Okay, Tom. What did they call Brooks? The uh, human vacuum cleaner, was it? Yeah, something like that. Yes, I, that's what I remember him being called for sure. Yeah. He, he was just... Uh, yeah, absolutely that's- amazing, and I, I've come back to our uh, Blue Jays being a little more comfortable yep. in the wild card race. Yep. Yeah, Freddie, that's what they were calling me around the Oyster Station yesterday at that <laughs> golf tournament <laughs> with the human vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Timmy, thank you very much. Tim Don Nibble at RaymondJames.ca, the retirement Sherpa. Check him out. Check it out. Always a great conversation, my friend. All the best. A pleasure as always. Enjoy and profit, boys. Okay, man. Down now. Yeah, Brooks Robinson passed away. I think he was 86 years old. That's decent. Yep, right in the old, uh, you know, North American sweet spot. Oh, it's uh, beyond that. It's way over. Yeah. It'd be yeah. two, four years past the sweet spot. And, you know, the, yeah. the U.S., their, uh, their uh, average age has dropped quite a bit. It's down to like 79, 80 for a man. It's only 82 in Canada. You get to 86, you know, you're doing all right. Mm-hmm. 
I watched yeah. a Netflix documentary, a couple episodes of it a few weeks ago, about all these people they call the, the blue zone or something. These people around the earth that are living to being uh, these places on planet earth where people live to a hundred. Yes. And uh, just how healthy they are and the things they do. I, I should mm-hmm. get, I should get the name of it because I'm watching it. I only got to a couple episodes because I thought, Oh, I'll, I'll, this will be you know, interesting. I'll find out what people do to live to a hundred. And then when you find out what they do and you're like, no, nah, I'm not going to make it <laughs> because, <laughs> because, you know, they're just doing nothing really <laughs> they're very they eat very healthy they don't sit around hoovering up all the oysters and then going to get roast beef and then going to get pasta and having like four slices of bread that's not what they're doing howard no you know it made me think of that 98 year old guy that went into the you know the controversy with the speaker and everything like that guy sitting there at 98 it's like he does he doesn't even know what he did <laughs> that's right <laughs> like he's part of the news <laughs> he was a nazi and he has no idea what he was doing there. Yeah, the, yeah exactly the one the one that's not in, in broil in the controversy is him <laughs> yeah. he's just looking all he wants to know mm-hmm. is if there's pudding that night yeah you're a nazi i am i, I am so okay <laughs> do they have pudding What's that? <laughs> do, do i get that do i get extra pudding yeah because i'll tell you the these centurions as bruce mallory just weighed in on facebook he's our buddy but yeah and uh the Netflix documentaries was interesting. Again, when I got to episode three and realized I would, that none of this was going to apply to me, mm-hmm. I bailed on it. <laughs> is it well? You is that because of the the diet is just too everything? Boring? It's diet. It's it's not just yeah. It's not just diet because there's place because it's people in Italy. There were people in a this island Okinawa in Japan, uh, and apparently the other places around the earth are blue zones. They're called where. Um, this researcher called them that because of the, I don't know why, I can't remember that part, but uh, people that have a, a, a higher, there's a higher number of people that have lived post 100. And, and lots of people in their mid-90s in great shape, healthy, happy, you know, mobile. I mean, there's a lesson there that they move their bodies every day. They do things that keep their brain interested. You know, they're always, they're doing something that engages their, you know, their mind that's the you know that's why wordle's good as simple it is as it is and again i stopped doing it the least does it every day but i often think about that especially retired people and you know you might get a little lazy and let the television do all the work uh, to actually engage like that and there's different levels of it too uh, well that's why i do i do duolingo every day and mm-hmm. I and two cup. Well, I have a session today, but like a couple to three times a week, I have. Uh, and I, I, I was going to say aggravating, but it's only aggravating because I'm. It's frustrating because I, I I have a conversation with somebody in Spanish, not yes. just not just Julia, but I have a tutor, and that's exactly what it is. It keeps my mind engaged, and it's not easy. That's I mean that's the other thing about it. It's I, it's frustrating because it's hard. The kids bought us this game called uh, Sequence. Uh, I think for my birthday or Father's Day or whatever, and Dahl and I have been playing it. Same thing while we're playing it. I'm thinking, you know, not only is this fun, but this is good for us because I might otherwise just be watching TV. It's all one way. This is, it's different. It's 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 just good to be forced to think beyond the uh, day-to-day shit, you know? Well, and Dan Duran, you keep your brain occupied with all kinds of... Uh 
you know, measurements and trying to solve construction problems. Yeah, I, I, I break glass and glue it back together again. That's, <laughs> That's right. You know, you've got to be careful because you've got so much blood rushing away from your brain. <laughs> yeah, and he, and, you know, he measures a lot of things, but it's easier when, you know, you have a yardstick attached to you, you know. Mm, I guess we're back, and we're back. <laughs> it was and, over. And it was we're over. back. I and won. the contest That's... is back. Oh, yeah, you, you won. I think, you know what? I think the mm. listeners won because of the high entertainment factor. <laughs> now, here's to a fella named Anduran. Love a guy with a hell of a wine. The quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Anduran, the anchor man comes. As for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now with a background of Beauty, serenity, and a little chilly Live from the trailer Here is movie anchorman And four-time winner of Humble and Fred's Best News Person Award. <laughs> Here's four times he won. Here's Dan Duran. I accept this award. I'd like to thank. Some people roll with this logic. You irritate me so much, I'll cut your head off and throw it out. <laughs> what? <laughs> A 45-year-old Nevada woman allegedly decapitated her boyfriend and father of the three children. That'll get you arrested. Police say that they, they still can't find the head, fearing that it was thrown into the trash can, and, and now the head is on the lamb. Apparently, she called the police saying that she found, uh, found him in bed, dead. The cops say the smell of chemicals filling the room, which is believed to be, to be bleach and an ammonia, was one tip off, and uh, since smoke was also seen coming from the body, they just <laughs> just arrested her, <laughs> especially when they couldn't find the head. Where was the head? She, found, she, she phoned him and said, he's dead in bed, and did she... <laughs> missing the head might have been a tip-off to <laughs> some kind of a murder or something, wouldn't it? Yeah, you'd think. Dead in bed, he's got no head. Quick, come see. It's like a limerick of some kind. Mm-hmm. And she threw it in the trash, and now they can't find it. Ah, cool. <laughs> yeah, you you know you've had a, you know, you want to talk about, you know, raging out on somebody. Like, when you want to fucking kill them and take their head off. You know, I mean, we've all thought about it, haven't we? <laughs> Maybe she thought. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I never really just, thought of it. Or is that just me? <laughs> yeah. Or maybe we've she all thought. thought about it, yeah. Maybe she thought, I don't want to get rid of the whole body. That's too much work. I'll cut the head off and nobody will know who it is. Yeah, that's right. That's what she was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you know, she didn't think her. I mean, she's much like the Trudeau government. She didn't think it all the no, way through. Didn't yeah. do. No. Yeah. She, didn't. she probably did do what you said, Fred. Cut the head off and then realized that the this just this is just too much work. Maybe I can <laughs> get away with this. Somehow. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, she was spreading bleach and, and ammonia around trying to clean things up. Got this through the head. Like, you know, it wouldn't be an easy thing to cut a head No, off, it's not. Think. Seriously, it's not. I've often thought about that, you know, stabbing somebody to death. That's a lot of work. You have to take a break at some point. Like, fucking arm is tired. And then I think of the person like you, Dan. You know, you like to go to garbage dumps and look for treasures. What if you're going around a garbage dump and you find a head? That would be 
That would be unsettling. <laughs> oh, yeah. But Dan could probably take that head, um, oh. you know, do something with it. He, he would um, dip it in some kind of solution and clean it up and then make a lamp out of it. <laughs> yes, he yeah. would. I found that. Yes, he would. Look at my treasure. I made a headlamp. <laughs> You should probably report that, Dan. No, I want to keep it. No, it's good. It's I've repurposed it, and the eyeballs are where the light bulbs are. And, and somebody threw it out. Obviously, somebody threw it out. It. This is Dan. It's a severed head. No, it's a treasure. It's a treasure. I found more Dan Duran treasure. Hey, uh, uh, brother Bill sent us this. Uh, about a guy, uh, he said in a note, he can't believe that Scary Pete didn't do this song back in the day. It's about a guy who has uh, shit himself. Would you like to listen to it? Yeah, absolutely. Of course. I'm sorry, it's about a guy who flourishes. It's called Shit a Little Bit. That's really, that's really the funniest part when he sings shit a little bit. Anyway, you know. Yeah. But it's it is a we we missed that we could have we that could have been on the humble and Fred show easily. Thanks, brother Bill. Yeah, totally. Um, By the way, uh, a Super Tramp tribute band is coming to Showplace Peterborough. Oh, are they? Uh, But that's uh, coming up, I think, in October. But uh, after. Jeremy Hotz plays at Show Place. We heard it out. Is Show Place the one with 600 people? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, um, um, yeah back in our radio days, we couldn't uh, shit a little bit. We could have done it. I mean, we coined that phrase, flourish. Yes. So it would have been part of that. Flourished a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, tomorrow could have, done. could have been done. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Yeah, tomorrow we'll do uh, a few of your emails. So if you want to get them in, and I think tomorrow will be the last uh, email show of the month. So we're going to give away our Palma Pasta gift card, uh, one hundred dollars to spend at Palma's Pasta, Palma's Kitchen, Palma Kitchen, Palma. Yeah. Um, I talked to Anthony briefly last night. I got him some tickets to come to see Jeremy. Because he's a big Jeremy nice. Hots fan, mm-hmm. but don't worry, we didn't have to spread our cheeks. I got comps, okay, so it's all good. Oh, spreading our cheeks for Anthony would be a pleasure. I know, I know you. I, you, I know you approved that purchase, but I didn't have to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> hey Dan, here's a little fun fact for you. Because I know you like fun facts. I love fun facts, especially when they're fun. Because they're fun facts. So, in uh, this is the year, uh, 1998. 1998 was the year that Netflix sent its first DVD. And again, if you people don't know what we're talking about, when Netflix started, it was a... Check this out for ridiculous. You would rent a movie, or you would get a movie from Netflix. They would send it to you on DVD, and you would watch it, and they expected you to send it back. Mm-hmm. I never did. Did you guys? Yeah, but then they would charge you for it, right? 
Well, no, of course. But I'm saying like yeah. that's how cumbersome the whole thing oh, was. Yeah. It was a direct mail video rental service. By the way, do they not have vending machines too in some areas where? Well, apparently this it's winding down. Apparently, up till this moment in time, they still had a branch of Netflix where they were still doing that. Really? This is what I'm seeing here, Dan. Fun fact. But here's the funnest of the fun facts, Daniel. And there's no way you could guess this, but I'll just throw it out in case. The very first movie that Netflix ever shipped in 1998 for video rental service. What might you believe that video rental to be? And it wasn't porn, Dan. Some sort of classic, maybe, like Gone with the Wind? or You'd think as much. I I think that's a great guess. Fred, what would you say? I would say something like a Star Wars or something. Thought so, too. Mm -hmm. Surprising uh, enough, it was Tim Burton's Beetlejuice. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That was the first one they had on offer, and it went out uh, in 1998. And now it'll be forever connected to Bobert. Yes. The musical version. That's right. <laughs> but she apologized for that. She got all excited. Oh, and you know what? Exactly. Let's cut her some slack. Her reaching for the guy's wang was it was just a mistake, an honest mistake. That's right. It's not like a, it's not she, like thought, she, she thought there was some popcorn <laughs> down there. Not, it's not like she reached for some Nazi dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that bad? Honest mistake. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, we're back tomorrow. Like the emails and all that stuff, and Dan Aran and all that. And uh, we appreciate Jeff Lumby on the program, and of course the retirement Sherpa. And uh, thanks for watching on Facebook. And uh, enjoy the rest of your you know time on this planet. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, Evnet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. For contests and comments, we have that email address here it is you ready okay humble and fred at humble and fred radio.com i know tough to remember but you know humble and fred at humble and fred radio.com tell us what you think and liking and subscribing to liking and subscribing to the podcast that helps us out so does writing review so maybe do that and i'll uh, do some mouth exercises for tomorrow for humble and fred i'm dan duran and remember this show this show coined forged we're trademarking it and selling t-shirts soon now go and enjoy every goddamn day the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts Two turntables and a microphone Bottles and cans and just clap your hands Or just clap your hands Where's that?